Hello, Line Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Line Cook Thoughts Podcast. I, on this episode, I had the honor of interviewing Chef Ryan Peters. Ryan Peters is a, the sous chef at Fish North Fowl, which is a restaurant in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In the episode, we talk about Pittsburgh's food scene, we talk about his role at Fish North Fowl, and we talk about how he went from being a line cook to being a leader in the form of a sous chef. We also talk about his experience in the Mentor BKB competition, and just uh, we just talk about some food industry trends and also the growing, maybe not trend, but the growing idea that smaller cities across America, like Pittsburgh, are starting to have these really amazing food scenes where chefs are coming back home and starting to do their own thing and really making a name for themselves. Uh, we, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And if you are in a food city that is, you know, small but growing right now, uh, please let me know. Uh, as you all know, I'm from Buffalo, and that's how it is there. And Ryan shared with me that's how it is in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, it, I think it'd be cool if you all shared a couple of food cities where you live that maybe we would not know about if we didn't, you know, if we weren't told about it. So, you know, that would be really cool to share. But I was really happy to speak with Ryan. Uh, he's very, he's a very interesting guy. He has a lot of great knowledge of food. Uh, I hope to make it down to Pittsburgh to try out Fish North Fowl. And I'm very excited to see what he does in the future. And another big thing that we talked about in the, near the end of the interview is why it's important to kind of have a social media when you're a chef. And that's a big thing I've been trying to get across. And I know uh, when Justin Connor was on, it was a very big thing for us to talk about. But uh, having your own personal brand and growing that on social media is such a big thing nowadays for chefs. And I think it's very important to really recognize that. And I think Ryan is a chef who's really been building his brand on Instagram. And you can follow him at Ryan Peters, uh, PGH. And, you know, it's just been great to see that chefs are using the platform to really like get involved per se and yeah i think he's a good example of that um other than that uh just a general announcement so i did get a good amount of merchandise for y'all to try out and i've had some orders already come in um but if you're interested in buying a shirt uh, i have black and white shirts and i have a hat uh both that say line cook nation uh if you're interested in supporting me if i brought you any value at all in the last two and a half months uh since starting this uh, it would be it would mean so much to me for you to pick up a shirt and wear it and wear it at work or wear it just around and you know have someone ask you like what does this mean and just be like you know this is a community chefs online that we're trying to build and connect and be able to relate to each other uh so if you go to linecookthoughts.com that's linecookthoughts.com you can get your own line cook thoughts merchandise and um like i said just thank you for those who have supported and thank you if you support me in other ways you know such as sharing my content and I'm, you know, forever grateful for y'all. And I just thought it would be a cool thing to kind of have something that you can wear since I'm so passionate about this. And I think this movement means so much to the culinary industry and it's small now, but I think in a couple of years down the road, it's going to be huge. So I think having something to wear or something to show for it is going to be important. Um, but like I said, it's at linecookthoughts.com. And thank you so much for listening. And here we go. Hello. Hey, what's up? How's it going, Chef? Good. Awesome. Well, thank you for being part of the Line Cook Thoughts podcast. We're very excited to have you on. Absolutely. I'm excited to, to do it. Great. So if you could just like introduce yourself to the listeners, uh, kind of tell them where you work, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ryan Peters. Uh, I'm currently based out of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, where I am currently a sous chef at a restaurant here called Fish Nor Fowl. Uh, it's part of a you know a, a bigger restaurant group here in the city. 
Um, and I was part of the, I, I joined the restaurant uh, as part of the opening team and uh, we opened back in August and uh, been here ever since. Great. And what does the restaurant focus on? Like food wise? Um, so, you know, kind of the name of the restaurant, Fish Nor Fowl, kind of indicates kind of the, the old saying, uh, you know, neither fish nor fowl, which means it kind of can't be classified or defined. Uh, and that's kind of what our owners and executive chef were we're going for with the with the genre of restaurant was you know there's not really a classification of the type of food that we're doing we're kind of just you know uh cooking in the moment and and cooking the food that we want to cook and um you know there's inspiration from a lot of different cuisines and what we do um and you know so there's that aspect and there's also just a lot of um smaller plates meant to be shared and uh it's just it's a it's a really cool environment Awesome. And are you from, originally from Pittsburgh? Or? Uh, I'm not. So I'm originally from Pennsylvania, uh, but I'm from the other side of the state. I'm from uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. Awesome. And uh, what was food like for you growing up? Um, you know, it was it was great. Um, you know, I grew up in a single parent household. Um, so, you know, my mom was very uh, big on, you know, always having a home cooked meal for us uh, every night, which was great. Um and, you know, so, you know, eating out was not something that we did often. That was more of a treat. So, you know, I was very blessed with always having great food at home. Great. And uh, when did you start to realize that you wanted to get into cooking? Um, for me, it's kind of, you know, been something that I've always wanted to do. I don't necessarily have that moment where it was like I was watching a cooking show or, or met someone that it was like, click, oh, I want to be a chef. Um for me, it was, you know, ever since I can remember being a very young child, uh, for whatever reason, which I, I, I don't know where it came from, um, but being a chef was something that I've, I've always wanted to do uh, and, and become. And I've, you know, from elementary school to middle school to high school, um, you know, I, I carried that forward and, and kept on my goals uh, and, and have kept pursuing that ever since. And do you find that the food you kind of grew up on, like that type of food finds its way into your cooking today, or at least the experience of what you ate as a kid? Um, um, I mean, there's obviously, there's always things that, you know, foods from my childhood or, or meals that I ate that, you know, I have those memories that are always great. Um, but I, I don't think that, you know, that necessarily has played a part into the style of food that I do cook. Um, but I mean, the, the, the memories are definitely always there. Awesome. And when you're cooking, do you aim to give someone a new experience or do you aim to kind of remind them of their childhood? Like what's the goal when you're putting a new dish out? Um, I, I mean, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of goals, you know, I think that it's a really cool profession that, that we're in, you know, because, you know, we get to, you know, we get to feed people every day and, and give mm -hmm. them experiences and, and memories. And so I think that for me, um, you know, I just enjoy being able to, you know, do all of the, that. And, you know, especially right now I'm in an open kitchen and, and I think being in an open kitchen is even better because you get to see the direct result of what you just did. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you create the food, you put it on a plate, it goes out. Uh, and sometimes in a, in a closed kitchen, you don't get to see that, but in an open kitchen, you know, you get to see the guests take that first bite, uh, and what their reaction is, whether good or bad, uh, that's a direct correlation between what you just did 
into what their experience is. So I think that that's a really cool, um, just a really cool experience for, for myself as a cook to, to, you know, have that experience and have that relationship with the guest. Great. So uh, what, I guess what inspires, like what inspirations do you pull from when you're like creating food? I guess starting with the restaurant, like where did you get inspired with some of the food maybe you helped come up with or did come up with and where, where your, where does your inspiration come from nowadays? Um, you know, it, it comes from all over. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of my inspiration and where I pull inspiration from is, you know, from other chefs and cooks, um, that I follow and that I look up to. Um, and honestly just, you know, reading a ton of cookbooks and, and, and eating a lot of great food, I think can really pull inspiration. You know, you, you could go to a restaurant and have an incredible meal and there's that one dish that, you know, really stuck with you and, mm you know, you could take that back to your restaurant and not copy it by any means, but, but use a technique there or an ingredient there. Um, and then really drive your own style into whatever that may be. Um, so for me, you know, I think that inspiration comes from, um, just my peers. Um, and, you know, also I think looking back on things that I've done before and, and, and reworking them and, and, uh, making them better is, is part of the evolution as well. Awesome. What are, uh, what are some cookbooks you can recommend? Or that you enjoy? Uh, um, I mean, there's so many, um, I think one of my all time favorite books, which it's not necessarily a cookbook. Uh, there's no recipes or anything. Uh, but it's a culinary book is letters to a young chef, um, by Danielle Ballou. Okay. Uh, it was, you know, one of the first books that I read. And it's, um, I've given out numerous copies to, uh, cooks over the years now. Um, I think it is a really, really great book. Um, just kind of, you know, really giving a good insight, um, into the industry and, um, uh, it's just all about mentoring and everything. Uh, so that's one of my favorites. Um, and then, you know, right now I've been really into the, uh, Noma guide to fermentation, uh, which is an incredibly interesting book. Um, I've learned a lot from that over the past few months reading into that, but I mean, I could, I could go on about cookbooks all day. There's so many out there. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Let us see a young chef. That was also a very important book for me. Um, I read it in my first year of culinary school. Um, I trained from Poughkeepsie to New York. I was going to stage at my first Michelin. It was my first Michelin starred restaurant stage. And it gave me the confidence to, you know, kind of reassure myself that, you know, I wasn't going in there to, kind of get any specific position i was just going in to see what the kitchen was about sure and it it really helped prepare me for that so i mean that is a good recommendation and uh noah's new book obviously yeah i have it as well and it's been interesting to read up on so it's kind of cool that we share the same interest yeah in absolutely and uh who are some chefs you look up to maybe chefs that we might not know of and then some people out there that we yeah do i mean you know there's obviously the obvious um Chef Thomas Keller has been, you know, an inspiration to me and, and someone that I've looked up to um, since I was just starting out in the industry. You know, he's, you know, when you think of, of cuisine in America, he's, you know, usually the first chef that many people think of um, mm-hmm. and what he's done for this industry. You know, obviously, that's someone that inspires me and that I look up to. Um, and, you know, then there's uh, another chef that um, uh, based out of Miami, his name is Brad Kilgore. Um, I think he is, you know, arguably one of the best chefs in America right now. 
Um, okay. I was fortunate enough to eat his food many times when I was living in South Florida. Um, I've staged for him many times. Um, and he's really turned into a very close friend and, and, a, and a mentor and someone that I can, you know, uh, feel very comfortable. And I have done this, you know, giving him a call or shooting him a text and saying, hey, chef, I need your opinion, your advice on this or what I should do here or, or you know, what job I should take. And, and he's really proven to me that he's someone that can be in my corner and, and give me uh, the, the advice that I need to hear, whether it's good or bad. Um, so he's someone definitely that, um, I look up to, uh, and then one more that I would definitely say, I mean, there's so many, um, but one more I would definitely would say is, uh, chef Richard Rosendale, uh, who, you know, he kind of built his career, uh, in a lot of ways, but, uh, a lot of time at the Greenbrier in White Sulphur Springs, Virginia. Okay. Uh, and then he went on to compete at the Boku store. Um, and now he's kind of built his own brand and empire, um, in DC and, and expanding across the world. And again, he's someone that I've had the, the good fortune of getting to know very well over the past few years. And again, someone that I can really always just reach out to and, and, uh, and, and lean on for advice. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, so tell, tell me about your experience at college, uh, with culinary school and how it kind of benefited you and what you learned. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously after high school, I, I knew that I, I was going to be going to culinary school. That's what, what I thought the next step was for me. Um, and, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, what culinary school was the best fit for me. I, I had applied to quite a few and, and I was fortunate to get into to most of them. Um, and, you know, I was trying to figure it out, you know, it'd be, I know you're a CIA guy, whether I wanted to go to the CIA or, or Johnson and Wales or, or, you know, a smaller school or, or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, I, I found out about Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Uh, they have a very small culinary campus. Um, and it's, uh, I toured the campus and was just really impressed with, with the facilities and with the structure of their program. Uh, so their program is, like I said, it's very small. It's only about 100 students per year that they take. Uh, okay. And it's, it's only a one-year program, but it's year-round. So it's August to August. Monday through Friday, uh, nine to six every day. Um, wow. and so it's very intense. Uh, and the whole point is, is, you know, kind of get you in. And then after that one year, you go out on a six month externship and then you, you know, you, you can either have the option to stay on at that employment if they, if they make you an offer or, um, you know, find another job or go back to school for, you know, a bachelor's degree or what have you. Um, and for me, that's what I was really looking for out of culinary school was to, um, you know, lay my foundation, get the basics, and then just get out in the industry and working. Uh, and so IUP really proved to, to do that for me. Um, and, you know, I definitely learned a lot from it and was fortunate for the experience. Awesome. And uh, so after, if you just want to like walk us through what you did after culinary school career rise, like where did you go after that? Sure. Uh, so, you know, I did my, <clears throat> my culinary externship at the Ocean Reef Club. Uh, it is a private club in Key Largo, Florida. Uh, it's very large, very exclusive. About, I think it's 13 or 14 different restaurants on property, a uh, huge banquet facility. Wow. Um, and so I did my externship there. And, you know, the way that they do their, their externship program down there 
is, you know, they let the, the students rotate through all of the different uh, food outlets. And then after you rotate through, you can decide where you want to uh, spend the, the, the majority of your externship, whether it be in the Italian restaurant or the fine dining restaurant or the banquet facility or, or what have you. Um, mm. So I, uh, I rotated through all of them uh, and then decided to, after speaking with uh, some mentors of mine, decided to do the majority of my externship in the banquet facility. Um, which really proved to be an incredible experience um, and something that I still value to this day of having that banquet experience. Um, Cause it's, you know, a chef once told me that, you know, uh, any banquet cook can work in a restaurant, but not any restaurant cook can work uh, a banquet for a thousand people. That's and true. that's definitely, that's definitely proved true in, in my experience so far. Um, so I did the externship there, uh, finished that after my six months, uh, and then I decided to uh, leave Ocean Reef and move to Pittsburgh for the first time. Uh, it's where my uh, my now wife was living. Uh, I wanted to be closer to her. So I moved to Pittsburgh um, and I got a job at the restaurant called Salt of the Earth, okay. uh, which uh, is now closed. Uh, it was owned and ran by a chef named Kevin Sousa, who's an incredible chef. Um, and Salt of the Earth was at the time when it was open, you know, really the, the hottest restaurant in the city. Uh, it was really pushing boundaries on food. Um, and I was able to really kind of work my way up in the ranks of the kitchen there uh, and, and really just kind of, you know, grind my heels and, uh, and, and learn how to cook. And, and so that was a really great experience. So I spent a little over a year there. Uh, and then decided to leave. Um, and I actually ended up going back to the Ocean Reef Club. Uh, they had been, you know, calling me and trying to get me to come back. Uh, so I decided to go back. Uh, and I moved back there and stayed there for about three years. Okay. Uh, as a sous chef. Um, I moved back there as a cook one, which is like a lead cook. And then, uh, you know, a few months after they promoted me to a sous chef uh, of the banquet facility. Uh, which um, at a very young age, I was now a sous chef of a, you know, a incredibly large property, um, which was a little intimidating, but it was an incredible experience. And I learned a ton from that. Uh, so like I said, I stayed there for about three more years. Uh, and then I moved back to Pittsburgh again, uh, this time to open up my own restaurant uh, in a food hall. So, uh, near the, the end of my time or what I thought was going to be the end of my time at Ocean Reef, uh, my wife and I were starting to look at, you know, where was the next place we were going to go? What city was it going to be? What were we going to do? Yeah. Um, and a, uh, uh, one of my friends reached out to me and said, Hey, there's this, this food hall okay. uh, in Pittsburgh that has applications open for new chefs. You should apply. I had never even heard of it. Uh, so I looked into it and found out that there's this there was this food hall in Pittsburgh, uh, and they basically rotate out four different chefs, four different restaurants every 12 months, really? um, and it's almost like a like a chef incubator, if you will. Hmm. Uh, so you know I was very interested by that, so I applied, uh, made it through a few rounds of the interviews, and then flew up for a tasting, uh, and then got offered a a spot there and decided to take that. So I moved back to Pittsburgh. Uh, and opened up a restaurant inside of the food hall, uh, which is where I was for uh, for one year. Okay. Is, you know what the what the terms were, uh, and then you know uh, as I was there, obviously I learned a ton. 
uh, owning my own restaurant and my own business, uh, pros and cons of everything. Um, and then when that was finished, I decided, you know, that wasn't really the route that I wanted to continue with was with that food hall restaurant. So I, again, was looking for, for what was next. And, uh, the restaurant I'm currently at now, Fish Nor Fowl was, uh, in the early stages of development and everything. And, uh, I was able to reach out to those guys and, uh, join the team as the sous chef, which is where I'm currently at. Great. And so how did you, uh, realize that you wanted to be more of a leader in the kitchen? Um, I know from working in restaurants that, you know, when you start to lead people you've been working with for a while, it can be kind of intimidating. And I've seen, like, you know, some of the good chefs I've known or sous chefs I've worked for kind of, you know, rise above and, like, be able to lead but still be able to have that, like, relationship with you. So I guess how did you kind of figure out you wanted to become more than just a line cook? And how did you kind of balance being a sous chef with still keeping relationships? Yeah, man, it was, I mean, that was one of the toughest things that that I've had to do and um, you know I've lost relationships over it and that was part of it you know it was not by my own doing it was just some you know some people were not for it you know so I became a sous chef for the first time at 21 years old um, uh, and again of a very very large and and prestigious operation mm-hmm. um, and you know so it was like you said so I go from a cook one day and then overnight I become sous chef. So the cooks that I'm working next to the day before I'm now their boss and it doesn't sit well with some people. And so I had to learn, um, one, you know, I, I found out who people really were, you know, you can really see people's true colors when, when it becomes real like that. Yeah. And two, uh, you know, as a, as a very young manager, you really learn, how to how to talk to people and you learn how um how just to you know manage people differently that's one thing that i definitely learned was you know the chef the the banquet chef at the time he was really great with you know teaching me that you can't manage every single person the same because not every person is the same and people react to different styles of management Mm -hmm. um so i was really able to learn okay this person reacts very well to uh, very, you know, regimented, strict, you know, orders, right? And then this person does not react very well to that. In fact, they, they, they fight against that. So it was really a great learning curve of learning, you know, just how to be an effective manager, because anybody can just come in as a manager, especially as a young manager, you know, a lot of young chefs and sous chefs, I think, you know, kind of get a hot head and they just, they come blazing in the kitchen thinking they're this hot shot and anybody can do that right but that's not that's not very effective so I was able to learn you know how to how to manage people the right way uh and still get great results out of them which you know was very valuable great yeah I mean it's just been something that a lot of cooks you know because I just got out of culinary school a lot of my friends are starting to get these manager roles and they're trying to figure it out so I thought it'd be very helpful if you could, if you just went into that more. And so thank you for sharing that. And I guess, if there, is there any advice you could give them so, to someone who's just going to become a sous chef sooner in general? Um, I mean, I think the biggest advice would just be to, you know, remember what it was like to be that line cook. Um, I mean, that's, I, I always think it's very valuable when you go into a restaurant that, you know, it's, you've been a line cook first. 
and you can see the progression, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least just, you know, you need to understand, you know, how those people are feeling that you're managing. Um, and just, you know, they may not know everything that you know, whether it be from a skill standpoint or also just from a, um, like, behind the scenes. They may not know, you know, the, the, the reasons of why you're asking them to do something. And, you know, you may not be at liberty to explain that but you need to at least remember that and remember that, you know, they're a person too. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, tread carefully and, and, you know, because saying things the right way and, and, and doing things the right way will, will pay dividends in the long run. Great. Awesome. So I know uh, from looking at your Instagram, I see that you were in the mentor competition. Yeah. Um, just some backstory. So, this last fall, I actually applied to be the um, in the co- in the Comey competition. Oh, cool! And uh, I didn't end up getting in, obviously. Otherwise, you would have seen me there. But um, it is a competition that, to me, is very important for the food industry. It's very important to have young cooks go in there and kind of learn and be a part of that and make those connections. So, what was it like for you to kind of go into that competition? And also, congratulations on getting in. No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So I'm going to I'm going to back it up here a little bit because there's some backstory first. So, sure. um, you know, the mentor foundation and competition is is really incredible. And so back in 2015, um, the chef that I had actually mentioned earlier, someone that I look up to, Richard Rosendale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was doing when I was working down at Ocean Reef Club, uh, one of the uh, members uh, brought in Chef Rosendale to do a dinner and, and some events. Uh, and Chef Rosendale reached out to our executive chef saying, hey, I need I need an extra set of hands. Do you have anybody you can spare? Uh, and so that's how I originally met uh, uh, Rich Rosendale uh, was I was able to go assist him for a few days at his events there. Um, and at the end of the at the end of the week of, of myself working with him, he said, hey, you know, you should really check out uh, mentor and you should apply for this young chef competition. And, you know, obviously I knew what the Boku store was. I, I had some familiarity with uh, mentor PKB, but I had really no um, knowledge of this young chef competition. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked into it and decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to apply, you know, this, this certified master chef just told me I should apply. I should probably apply. Yeah. So uh, 2015, that was their, that was their second year of their competition. Uh, so I applied and I got in. Um, and you know, I, I really wasn't, uh, knowing what I was going, getting myself into. I I definitely was not prepared for it. I don't think, um, but it was an incredible competition. Uh, I competed in Chicago in 2015. Uh, that's when the competition was a little bit different than back then there was, um, four chefs competing and there was four different cities. Uh, so there was basically four competitions. Um, it's changed a little bit now. Uh, but it was an incredible competition, did not win, but I, I gained so much out of it that it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to now, um, I, uh, decided to apply again this past year and lo and behold, I got, I got selected to compete again. Uh, and, uh, the competition now is, there's just one competition, uh, and it was in Las Vegas this past, uh, past December. Okay. Uh, and I mean, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. Uh, did not win again, unfortunately, but, um, you know, I, I take so much more out of these competitions and experiences than winning that. I mean, yes, winning would be a, a great bonus, but, um, just, you know, taking out all of these connections and networking is, is so, so, 
so valuable that you know it's that's winning in itself definitely and having the courage to put your food out there and be and have it like examined like that is yeah i mean it's it's an incredible like i i mean it was incredible to i mean there's chefs that will never go their entire life with cooking for thomas keller or danielle balud or gavin Kaysen, and here i was in one day cooking for all of these guys and having them taste my food. So, I mean, it's, it's an incredible experience um, and an incredible opportunity. So, you know, I always urge uh, all my friends and all my cooks and all my peers to, you know, get involved with mentor because they're really creating incredible opportunities for, for chefs around the, around the country. Awesome. And what was uh, the food you did end up making this last competition? Uh, so this, for this last one, uh, our protein. So everybody is given the same protein that they have to use. Uh, and the protein that we were given was the lamb loin saddle from Elysian Fields Farms. Okay. Uh, and so I was, I was the only competitor from Pennsylvania uh, and Elysian Fields. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are based right here, uh, 45 minutes from Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. And we had already been using, we've used Elysian Fields at, at our restaurant here. Uh, and so I had some contacts there. So I reached out to, uh, Sam, the son of Keith Martin, and basically asked if I could come visit the farm to get some inspiration for my dish. Uh, and, and so he graciously let me come out and gave me a, a grand tour. Uh, so I use, you know, the farm in Western Pennsylvania as my inspiration for the dish. Uh, so what we did was a, we took the lamb loin, uh, off of the saddle okay. and basically, uh, took all of the trim and the belly and then also lamb hearts and made a farce with it okay. uh, and also took hay from the farm uh, and made a hay ash and folded that into the farce and then basically stuffed that on top of the um, the lamb loin and then reattached the fat cap okay. uh, and then cooked that and then we served that with a sunchoke tart that had uh, pickled broccoli stems um, some crispy sunchoke some popped sorghum uh, a bunch of different little herbs and grains and then there was a uh, turnip subies, um, a uh, butternut squash and long pepper uh, jus, and then a uh, spiced molasses sauce that was poured tableside. Great, that sounds good. Yeah, it was fun. Awesome. Well, thank. You. Yeah, and how did you? I guess how do you prepare for that? Like, how long do you have to practice? And guess, uh, how many times did you meet? Because you were you were with someone else, right? Yep. So uh, all the young chefs, we had, we had a Comey with us. Um, and so we basically, the competition was in December. Uh, and we basically had been practicing since uh, about the beginning of October. Uh, so about two, two and a half months we had to practice. Um, and, you know, I was practicing almost every single day. Um, we, we probably did about six or seven actual full timed runs. Um, you know, because a lot of the first, I mean, almost the entire first month was just um, testing things and, you know, tweaking and, and writing recipes and all of those things. But um, then we did, you know, started doing our full practice timed runs. Um, but I mean, it was intense because I mean, this, I mean, I was doing all of this on top of working a full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I mean, it definitely takes a lot out of you. Uh, did not get much sleep for those two, two and a half months. But, I mean, it was definitely well worth it. Great. Uh, awesome. So I want to shift gears uh, because your Instagram is full of pasta. And it is. it's definitely one of the things I enjoy making uh, for me personally because 
I grew up in an Italian household, but my family doesn't really make pasta. So when I got to culinary school, I taught, kind of I learned through culinary school and then have been making it on my own. But yeah, like and I saw your Instagram post. I think it was yesterday. There were so many egg yolks and amount of <laughs> flour. Um, so what does pasta mean to you, and why is it so important in your cooking? Well, you know, I mean, I think pasta to me, I, I've always kind of um, one, I've always enjoyed eating pasta. Um, and then, you know, making pasta, especially over the past year or two, I've really, um, found a, a passion for, for making pasta. Um, and I think it's just, there's just something really special. I think that, I mean, pasta making to me is really one of the simplest forms of cooking. Um, I mean, it's literally taking very few, very simple ingredients and doing very little with them. And, you know, then there's literally endless possibilities of what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the f- eggs, flour, oil, salt, um, and just, but at the same time, it's one of these things where it's, yes, it's very simple ingredients and it's a very simple uh, process, but it does still require some finesse and you can't just, I mean, yes, you can just throw it together, but there's, you know, proper kneading and proper hydration of the flour and all these things that, you know, little details that can make a huge difference in in your dough. Um, And so it's really, you know, over the past year or so, I've really gotten into um, just really refining my, my dough and my recipe and um, uh, working on just, you know, seeing all that I can do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I I really, really enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, it's also a great end product you get to eat every day. Great. And what are some uh, pastas you've made recently or some pasta dishes? Um, well, I mean, right now on the menu at, uh, at fish, we have a, uh, it's a vegetarian pasta. So it's a, uh, white bean agnolotti. Uh, that's, I mean, it's definitely, I post a few pictures of those on my Instagram. Uh, so it's a, a white bean agnolotti, uh, with a garlic scape pesto, uh, some espalette pepper and a uh, green tomato and Parmesan broth. Uh, which is really, really great. Uh, we also are doing a uh, spaghetti alla chitara. Uh, so alla chitara is, I mean, you, if you look a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, I posted a picture of, of the chitara, uh, of what that is. You basically you roll your sheet of pasta and then roll it through this uh, instrument. And uh, so we have that on the menu right now with, um, with some uh, West Coast uni, some crispy crab, some chervil, some lime. And, uh, so that's what we're doing on the menu right now. Um, but I'm working on a few things to, uh, to post soon. So stay tuned. Definitely. Great. Definitely. And what is your Instagram? Just so everyone knows. Uh, my Instagram name is at Ryan Peters, PGH. Great. Thank you. Um, and what is Pittsburgh's uh, food scene like? Because coming from Buffalo, we have a growing food scene that not a lot of people outside of Buffalo know about. It seems like Pittsburgh is starting to get some really cool restaurants, or maybe they've had some, some cool restaurants. I've never actually been to Pittsburgh, but like, what is the food scene like, and what do you like most about it? Uh, I mean, so Pittsburgh is definitely, I mean, yes, we're a major city, kind of, uh, but it's definitely a small city, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, since I grew up on the east coast of Pennsylvania, uh, fairly close to Philadelphia. Um, comparing the two cities, Philadelphia is massive, uh, compared to Pittsburgh. Um, but I like that Pittsburgh is so small. Uh, it feels very, you know, it has all its little different neighborhoods. Um, 
and even the uh, the downtown of Pittsburgh doesn't feel like you're in a huge city, uh, which is great. Um, but you know, the food scene, I think is, you know, like you said, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Pittsburgh food right now. I think that it's really starting to, um, gain some momentum. I mean, it's been, some people have been talking about it for the past few years, but I think now it's really starting to take a turn, uh, and, and a big upswing. Um, you know, there's a lot of really great talented chefs in the city that are doing some really great things. Uh, and people are starting to really recognize that, um, and I think that what one thing that I, I really like about the Pittsburgh food scene is the chefs here really all, you know, yes, you know, obviously they're competing. They're, they each have their own business and, you know, business needs to be busy. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't met a chef here in the city yet that has not always been very open arms. You know, whatever you need, I've got you. You need a recipe for that. You got it. I mean. I've posted a few times now on my Facebook, like, Hey, does anybody have whatever parchment paper or, you know, olive oil or Ultratex? I'm out. I need it. Mm-hmm. And I'll get flooded with messages. Hey chef, I got you. I got you. Um, so it's really great to see that community of chefs that are just all, you know, um, wanting to see each other succeed. And I think that having that community of chefs is what's going to drive the Pittsburgh food scene even higher. Um, because, if if we all succeed, then the whole city as a food scene succeeds, um, which I think is really great. Cool. That's awesome to hear. Um, and like I said, coming from Buffalo, like I'm, a lot of people don't realize how much the food scene has evolved. Um, and it, I think the smaller cities like Buffalo or Pittsburgh on the East Coast are going to be pretty popular in the next couple of years, um, especially with, you know, other chefs moving back home or new restaurant concepts. I just, I think it's going to be good. So I'm excited. Yeah. I think I, I think like, like Pittsburgh and I'm sure like Buffalo too, there's a lot of chefs that, you know, are from those cities and then they move out, but then they always come back home. And when they come back home, when they make that homecoming, that's when things really special can happen because you know, that you have these chefs that have worked in, you know, New York or LA or Chicago or wherever, and they get these great experiences and then they can bring that back home to their hometown and, and really, um, give that city, you know, a taste of, of what these other cities are doing. Yeah, definitely. So you said that, you know, the no more fermentation guide is a book you read a lot. Is there anything at fish or fowl you ferment? And do you see fermentation starting to become like something you could use in your restaurant in the coming years? I do. I think not only at fish nor fowl, but I think a lot of restaurants right now are really um, gearing towards, I mean, there's lots of restaurants too that have been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, you know, with everybody talking about ferments and misos and pickling and all of that stuff, I think that everyone is going to see, you know, much more of that. Um, right now on the menu, um, I think the only thing fermented we have on the menu right now is sauerkraut. Okay. Uh, that is with a, uh, pork dish. Uh, it's a, a broccoli stem sauerkraut. Um, I've got a few things going in the dehydrate dehydrator right now. I'm working on some black almonds uh, that I'm you know treating just like black garlic. Okay, uh, that's cool. That I'd like to make a, a black almond filling for a pasta with. So we'll see in a few weeks. I still got a, probably about another month left in there mm-hmm. uh, to see how that works out. But I'm really interested. I like that's the that chapter really interests me about uh, black vegetables and. Um, black fruits of what you can do with, you know, taking the same technique of black garlic and, and using it for so many different things. And it's, it's just interesting to me to see how each product 
reacts differently based on the sugar content or, or um, and just how that plays such a big part and how very like little degrees in temperature can make such a big difference. Yeah. Uh, black garlic for me is one of those foods that really showed me what fermentation could be. And it's not like when I first saw black garlic, I was like, Oh my God, I need to ferment everything. But yeah. I, when I first saw black garlic, I was, it was like my second year in culinary school. I was like, Oh, this is just some different type of garlic. And my chef was like, no, this is garlic that's been sitting and it's been fermented. And that's how you get there. Like, that's how you get there. And yeah. I was just like, wow. It, like, there's I, I knew there was something special and it tastes so good and having that experience and then looking forward to what I've seen till today it's just it's really cool what you can do and I'm excited for chefs like you and other chefs who are just kind of taking the initiative and really like promoting the American food scene to be more with fermentation absolutely I couldn't agree more so that's exciting uh what else do you see on the horizon for uh, the food industry like what what would you want to see out of it and what are some things you're excited to hear about other chefs doing um well i think that i really like to see i think what's really cool for me is actually honestly just kind of how i almost touched on a few minutes ago was talking about you know chefs going out and then coming back to their home cities um i think it's you know one chef that comes to mind when when i think people talk about that is uh gavin Kaysen, who has you know really built an empire in minneapolis right now and, you know, for those that don't know about him, he, you know, you know, spent the better part of 10 years working for Danielle at Cafe Balloon in New York and decided to move back home to Minneapolis and, and open up his restaurant. And, you know, he got a lot of um, speculations about why would you want to open up a restaurant in Minneapolis? And um, he did it and it it's it's worked incredibly. And now he's, you know, on his third restaurant already. And um, so I think that we're going to see a lot more of that over the next few years of chefs, you know, going to um, going out of the bigger cities one for, to go back home, but two for, you know, with how expensive rent is now, mm. it, you know, it can be so much more affordable to do something in Minneapolis than it would be to do in New York city. Yeah. Right. So I think that we're going to see a lot more of that, which I think is going to be great because it's going to really um, encourage uh, just different regionality of cooking, um, which I think is always great. You're going to see um, just different utilizations of techniques and ingredients uh, as you see these different restaurants be built in different regions. Um, so that's, that's, I think, the thing I'm most looking forward to over the next few years. Great. And so what is what can we expect to see out of you in the next year? Uh, as, in terms of fish and fowl, is there like a certain type of, food you want to do more of there or like i guess outside of work anything we should expect from you or like what are your plans uh i mean for me man it's just uh you know i'm i'm constantly pushing and 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 constantly you know against trying to be you know trying to get comfortable and complacent i i'm very i i can't stay i can't stay comfortable um and so for me i'm just always kind of looking for you know, what can I do next to excel myself in my career? Uh, so at fish, you know, the one thing I'm obviously working on a lot of different pastas, um, mm -hmm. as that's something that I'm very passionate about right now. Um, so kind of seeing different shapes and techniques that I can learn and, and, and practice, uh, while I'm there, um, outside of the, the restaurant, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, uh, always looking for, you know, places that, just to continue to learn and whether that be staging somewhere or, you know, 
doing more competitions. Um, I'm always on the lookout and, and may have a few things in the works. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I think it'll be a very uh, exciting and interesting year, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited to follow you on Instagram and see everything that you're going to do. Uh, I hope to one day in the next year to make it down to Pittsburgh and, you know, try the food and all that. It's definitely Absolutely. a goal of mine, so. But um, I guess my last question is, uh, what does it mean for you to be a part of Line Cook Nation? Like this this uh, community where chefs can reach out to each other, connect, share advice, uh, send help, and just like share their victories in the kitchen. I mean, I think it's great. I, and I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of it. I'm glad to have done this podcast today. Um, I think that, you know, what you're trying to do is, is really great. And I respect it. I think that it's, you know, to have this community of, of cooks and chefs that can come together and, and just, you know, talk and, and share ideas and, um, share the good times and the bad times together. I think it's good to have that community of people. Uh, cause sometimes we don't have that. Right. And mm-hmm. you, you kind of stuck on just having these battles with yourself in your head, which is definitely not healthy. So I think it's, it's really great that you're building this community of people that can support each other, uh, and can really, um, build each other up, which is, uh, it's definitely not a bad thing. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, definitely for me, like, when I was when I was always on Instagram, it was always cool to see accounts that posted other chefs' foods. But I always wanted to like see something more in depth. Like, why do they do something, or you know, what challenges might they have faced to get to the plate they're at or the restaurant they're at? So, you know, th- like I said, thank you again for being on it in such an early stage of you know of where it started. It's only been two months old, but um, it really means a lot to have chefs like you come on and kind of support the brand and support what we're doing here. So absolutely, man. I think, like I said, I think it's really great what you're doing. I think that, yeah, I mean, just keep grinding and keep building this. Cause I think that, I mean, again, too, I think that, you know, we're at a point in our industry too, where, you know, doing things like this on social media and podcasting is, it's great. Cause I mean, there's such a huge audience for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you can really build something special here. So I really, I really hope it works great for you. Thank you. And like I said, I'm very excited to see what you have planned. I mean, I've only been following you for a month, but like you're, I, I really appreciate that you take the time to not only take pictures, but the pictures are pretty high quality and you're engaging with your audience on Instagram. And I know for a lot of cooks right now, that doesn't mean a lot, but what you're doing is not only, building your brand in a kitchen, but you're also building your personal brand through social media. And this is what I've been trying to tell a lot of like, cooks my age is, you know, build themselves up on social media, get that following going. And you definitely, yeah. you know, you're, you don't, I don't know if you realize it, but you're also, you're also kind of running a mini business. You're running your own personality on Instagram and it's been working and it's been effective. And I know, and I, you know, I, see it. I do that. I do that very intentionally. Everything that I'm doing on Instagram, I do in very intentional ways. And, you know, I, I, I had someone tell me about a year or two ago that, you know, if you're not using Instagram to your benefit, you're wasting it. And I think that Instagram is a very, very, I mean, this sounds like a very typical millennial thing to say, but I, I truly do believe it. I think that Instagram is a very, very powerful tool. Um, it has opened up incredible opportunities for me that I still can't even fathom. It's kind of, incre- it's kind of crazy. Like, some of the connections and opportunities that have come to me just via Instagram. Um, but you know, I, I think that it's a really, really valuable tool. Um, and if you do it the right way, you can really gain a lot out of it. 
Yeah, and so I guess my last question or some piece of advice, because this is something I wanted to get into, and I forgot to send it to you on the questions, is how did, how did you start inst- like really upping your game on Instagram? And what can you tell some cooks who want to just be like, hey, I want to be like Chef Brian, where I can you know start my Instagram and put up good food and thoughts and get a following? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just you know having really great pictures is obviously with instagram it's a it's a photo platform having great pictures is is the first step of just having high quality um well-lit pictures um that's what's going to grab your audience um so that's something that i i work very carefully on but two just I, i think really engaging with with your with your audience with your followers is so important um you know i try to respond to as many messages as i can sometimes i get um, you know, sidetracked and, and busy with other things. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, responding to those messages can really mean a lot to people. You know, they, they you know, they follow you, they look up to you. And um, if they ask you a question, answer what they what they have to say. But I think, um, you know, just really posting really great content and, and engaging with your audience is, is the two biggest, two biggest uh, tips that I would have. All right, awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Well, I mean, that's it for us. I don't know if you have any questions for me, but. Yeah. I don't think so, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you for being on and uh, just want to drop your Instagram name one more time so people can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, at Ryan Peters PGH. Great. And I'll obviously share it when I put up the episode. Uh, thank cool. you so much Jeff, for being on. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. So there you have it, the interview with Ryan Peters. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at LineCookThoughts. And also now I'm selling merchandise at LineCookThoughts.com. And I'm so excited for the list of chefs I have coming up. I'm going to be releasing the schedule very soon for the rest of the month and going into April. Uh, But I have a lot of great chefs and a lot of great content and a lot of just cool conversations that I'm really excited to have and to share with you all. And I really am starting to feel like this is like, you know, I feel like it's very important now, but I think a lot of people are starting to take notice. And like I said, I have a lot of cool guests on the way. I'm very excited to share that news with you once I get everything finalized. Um, But once again, thank you so much for all the support as always. And let's just keep this thing growing. Uh, You know, share the content. If you don't even share me, just share someone else you see on the page. That's what I love is seeing when y'all share other people's thoughts and, it means a lot because at the end of the day, I'm not doing this to, you know, get recognized. I'm doing this because I truly see a need for cooks to be able to relate and care for each other. And, you know, us to have, you know, the people that are always in the back and always working to have a, a type of place that highlights us. So, you know, just share each other. If you're like, if, like, if you ever have the chance to share a thought, you know, and like I say, you don't even have to tag me Just share someone else's thought and just start connecting. And I'm like I said, I'm very excited for what the future may hold. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, follow us on Instagram and send us your thoughts.